For me, for example, the main mission for this Action Week is to get connected to as many initiatives as possible over Europe. Hello everyone, and welcome to Under 30, a podcast brought to you by the partnership between the European Commission and the Council of Europe in the field of youth. I'm Ismail Pais Civico, and together with Marita Balash, we'll be hosting this episode. We hope you enjoy. to this episode of Under 30, where we are discussing the Council of Europe's youth uh, campaign, Democracy Here, Democracy Now, and the Youth Action Week, which will take place in Strasbourg at the end of the month. Uh, from the youth partnership uh, research, we know that the political participation of young people is not de- uh, decreasing, but in contrary, it takes these different forms, unconventional ways, and 77% of young people are engaged in political movements, parties, unions, volunteering, and strikes. And 9 in 10 people, 10 young people, discuss politics on a regular basis. So we can say that uh, politics and democracy itself is very much of an interest of a young person today in Europe. And also, especially that in recent years, democracy has been challenged all over the continent due to the rise of populism. Uh, democratic dictatorship, fake news, shrinking space for civil society, the pandemic, and the war in Ukraine as well. Today we have here with us Alice and Ruxa, two people who are very much connected to the campaign and the Youth Action Week. And they are going to give you a bit of an overview on what is happening and what has happened so far. Alice, Ruxa, could you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Hi, my name is Alice Bergholtz. I am a member of the Advisory Council on Youth to the Council of Europe, and I'm there on a nomination from the National Youth Council of Sweden. So I'm sitting in Stockholm right now. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Ruxandra Pande. I work for the Council of Europe as the campaign coordinator for the campaign Democracy Here, Democracy Now. And I'm in Strasbourg for the curiosity. Thank you very much to uh, both of you for that uh, very short introduction. So I'm very glad actually now we have a bit more time to actually get into the general conversation today, speaking mainly about the campaign and uh, the actions that are going to evolve around this. And my first question will be basically directed more towards Alice, I believe. And how did the campaign get to be, let's say, what was the idea behind it? And why is it necessarily relevant when it comes to democracy? Uh, Marietta did a very nice introduction of maybe some of the reasons why we need it now, but I would like to hear a bit more your perspective on that. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, So just like Moneta said, this is a unique situation that we're in. Uh, Democracy has never looked the way that it does right now. And young people participate in democracy in uh, completely new ways and forms that institutions don't always uh, have the the tempo to follow up with. So this discussion has been actually a few years in the making. And the Advisory Council on Youth initiated um, a consultation process in the beginning where we consulted young people and youth organizations all over Europe uh, to ask them directly if there would be some sort of an initiative or a stronger uh, focus and emphasis or campaign uh, on a certain topic from the Council of Europe, what would it be and what would they prefer seeing? And we had over 300 replies for this survey, which, uh, well, we were very happy about. For us, it was a lot of replies to, you know, a survey that's... um, theoretical. It's not something practical to reply to directly, but more of a brainstorming session online. 
And actually, what was the most mentioned uh, part that young people wanted to see was a campaign on participation. So participation was mentioned as youth participation, meaningful participation, or uh, inclusive participation in different aspects. Uh, after that came a lot of mentionings of uh, democracy, the access to rights on uh, democratic developments in different countries, both uh, backsliding, but also um, advancement of democracy. And the third uh, major theme that we found was a big online theme. This was in the midst of the pandemic. So a lot of focus, uh, the focus replies were on digitalization, on online participation, on COVID and how it related to, uh, to democracy and human rights. So this was one of the aspects to our focus to, to investigate the potential launch of a campaign. And the other was that the Secretary General of the Council of Europe uh, actually had similar concerns when she shared her report on the state of democracy, human rights and the rule of law in 2021. Uh, she also stated that there is a clear and worrying degree in um, democratic backsliding showing in Europe. And this worrying trend is something that we see increasingly amongst young people, how young people are being um, put on pressure on how they can participate in democratic structures and institutions. And also at the same time, we see a lot of differences in, in different sections or uh, bubbles, you can say, in the youth sector. So some young people are very connected to uh, the democratic old formal institutions, while others are not and uh, slipping behind. So a combination of these events actually launched this campaign. And in October last year, uh, the statutory meeting of the youth sector in the Council of Europe agreed that we should launch a campaign that would be focused on democracy, on youth participation, and on digitalization. So this is the, the birth, basically, of the campaign. And uh, then Ruxa uh, came in and, and helped us make this dream a reality. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to leave it to that. Thank you very much, Alice. And we also know that this campaign also coincides uh, with the 50th anniversary of the Council of Europe Youth Sector and the co-management system uh, of the youth department. And therefore it will be not just a campaign, but also a big, big celebration in Strasbourg in two weeks, one week. Ruxa, can you tell us a bit more about how the campaign is going and how this event in Strasbourg will be, or what are the plans, what can we expect? Okay, maybe I start with the campaign, because I think it's worthwhile to still explain to people what do we mean by campaigning in the youth sector of the Council of Europe, because it's a little bit different than what other people might mean by campaigning. Uh, and I, I face this difficulty in my everyday work. So, you know, the campaign aim is basically to restore the mutual trust between young people and democratic processes and institutions and to get young people involved in discussions, in suggestions, in actions to revitalize the, these democratic processes in Europe. Uh, for all the reasons that Alice mentioned, and also for all the reasons that young people themselves individually and collectively might, found, might find. And in the Council of Europe youth sector, the way we campaign is that we at the Council of Europe level, because we work with 46 member states, today, we provide, if you so want, a framework for campaigning. And that is given by the decision of the Joint Council, by these generic, if you so want, or general objectives. But we do encourage that the campaign is then further articulated at national and local level. And for that, we work with our member states, because, of course, the situation of democracy in Austria is not the same as the situation of democracy in Spain. 
or in Romania or in other member states. And for this, one of the first steps that we undertook was to work with the member states of the Council of Europe to nominate national contact points that serve this function, if you so want, of national coordinators. And I'm using inverted commas because they are not necess- they are there to also help the work of the Secretariat to steer the campaign up at national level, to organize, to reach out to local youth organizations, to young people and so on at grassroots level, which is much harder if you try to do it from uh, an office in Strasbourg, obviously, even for the simple linguistic reasons. And so they mobilize the people at national and local level, but they also try to come up with more specific objectives that are relevant for the country. And at the moment, we have, I think, 31 national contact points nominated. So that means 31 national campaigns going, each of them with their specificity and each of them with their how to say, level of development. I mean, these nominations started already in December, but some of them are as as, as fresh as uh, two weeks ago. So you understand that the campaign is not going in the same rhythm in every country. And that is normal. That is an experience that we have from previous campaigns, such as the No Hate Speech Movement or the All Different, All Equal. So this is one, one side. And um, I mean, if you're interested, I can give you some examples of what people are doing at national level. I think it can be interesting. On the other hand, what we are also doing in the framework of the campaign is we are offering support to youth organizations to also develop and implement their own activities in the framework of the campaign. And for this, a special call was launched by the European Youth Foundation. I think you will have also another podcast where people can actually meet organizers and participants in these projects. Through this call, through this special call, we, the Council of Europe is offering funding for pilot activities, normally done at grassroots level, local and national, and to international activities. So far, we have 13 pilot projects funded and undergoing, so being implemented. And for international activities, some of them already have taken place. And for the second deadline that uh, was 16th of May, we have received 75 applications, which shows a growing interest in the campaign. And these are, you know, the, the main things through which the campaign is implemented, notably at national level through the work of organizations. I'm also happy to report that Several countries have made the campaign a priority in their funding at national level. It is the case of the French community in Belgium, for example. So we know that there is more support coming because youth organizations also need this. Now to go to the second part of your question, which which takes us to the Youth Action Week. Uh, The Youth Action Week, which will take place from 28th of June to 1st of July, is a very big event and it is the first big event that we are having in the framework of the campaign and the the event will gather about 450 participants from i would say most member states of the council of europe and from outside of the council of europe with the notable presence of canada and of participants from morocco and tunisia so it's, it's quite interesting. The aim of the event is to bring together people who are active in the campaign or who are very motivated to become active in the campaign and to learn from each other, to see what, what has been done, to share the challenges that we face to, in, in respect to our democracies on the three teams of, of the campaign, as Alice mentioned them, and to come up with a pledge for action. This will be the main result. And the pledge for action is really 50 if you saw on 50 pledges for action that we collectively take. 
And when I say collectively, it's also for the Council of Europe to take this pledge of action. It's also for different politicians that are coming to the event to take this pledge of action. Actions that are to, to infuse the campaign with direction for from here onwards till the end of the campaign. Um, I don't know if you, if you mentioned it, but how many people will be going, more or less, in terms so of participants? So we expect around, uh, around 450 people altogether um, okay. to be here in Strasbourg. Because the way I'm... I'm seeing it here and I'm going to pick a bit your brain on the actual, let's say, content of the, of the Youth Action Week and what its purpose is. Because the way I'm seeing it, it's a mix between the I and the EUID remastered. So you have the part of the recommendation. So EUID, I'm, I don't know if you're aware, the European Youth Dialogue. So the part of the recommendations and the co-creation of policy and having your voice heard, the democratic side of things. And you have the I, which is the big European youth event, the biggest event, I think, for young people in Europe, which have been a couple of times. And you have people from every single country speaking about different cultures, different political issues, co-creation processes also with ministries. And like you said, there'll be some representatives uh, from youth ministries and, uh, and governmental representatives. So is it, is it a fair assessment to say it's a bit like, uh, like that remastered or what would say that European, well, sorry, the Youth Action Week and this campaign is completely different? Maybe Alice, if you would like to jump in also, if you're free, but we can maybe start with Ruksa because, uh, yes. Um, yeah, okay. I, I don't know about the comparison. I think the two, are, the two events you are mentioning are particularly linked with, uh, with the European Union. So I think there's a very big difference in terms of Precisely. geographic scope. I mean, we're, talk, we're talking 46 member states of the Council of Europe to start with plus. Uh, then secondly, I think there is a difference if I compare it with the, with the youth dialogue in terms of follow-up. And I think here, the fact that, we, that it is organized by the youth sector of the Council of Europe also showcases that the follow-up will be taken care of by our co-management system. That means that young people who are represented in the advisory council together with a member state's representative in the uh, European Steering Committee on Youth will follow up on the proposals in their decision-making bodies. And I think that's slightly more structured and even stronger, if I may make this argument, than the level of representation that we have at the European Union level, where it's more of a consultation, if you so want. Of course, it's not participants in the activity deciding, it's still us at statutory bodies deciding. I think what's also important to know is that we're having this event under the patronage of the, the Irish presidency of the Committee of Ministers. So there is quite a high level commitment to, to the event and to the follow up of its results in the Committee of Ministers. And we are also we also have confirmed the, pres the presence of the um, Secretary General of the Council of Europe to the opening of the event. And then in terms of content, I think we're trying to strike a balance between being also educational, if you so want. So offering also people the chance to, to learn also about what the institution has to offer, because I think you cannot make decisions or you cannot make relevant proposals without understanding the context in which you find yourself. And for, I think, about half of our participants, this will be also their first contact with the Council of Europe. So it's also a big experience if you think about it. So we're striking this balance between educational and then proposal and, you know, co-creation, if you so want, consultation, uh, pledging, also getting learning, planning together activities. 
And I think when it comes to actions within the framework of the campaign, we have enough freedom to also pick this up. And, and because the framework that we have for the campaign is also very generous, if you so want. So if young people come and meet in the, in the activity, they can also put forward things that they can start implementing from tomorrow. And that is fine. That is also the kind of action that we are looking for. I can just fill in and say that this is uh, exactly what gets me so excited about the Action Week, because as, as it says in the name, it's action-oriented. And um, I, I had the pleasure to be part of the EU Youth Dialogue a couple of years ago. And um, it, it was an experience that I really appreciated in the sense that you got to understand that institution and how that functions. But then I also had this feeling afterward as a youth delegate that the event was the main activity. And here it's the other way around. So the Action Week is the booster. It's the platform that is set where young people can come and exchange ideas, bring the tools from their toolbox and exchange with others. But then also to, to see this co-management system live because the Council of Europe youth culture is super different from the EU youth culture. We build this basis, this foundation on the co-management system, uh, which I'm, I'm currently experiencing in the Advisory Council. And uh, it's something that I hope that we can bring to all of these participants coming and have hundreds of young people sharing that that sense from that uh, sort of um, specific spark that the co-management system can bring. Because I think one, one of the biggest tools that we can give in this toolbox to young people going back home to their countries then is the connection to both their national governments, but also to the European institution and amongst each other. Uh, so this is definitely not an event that is, you know, the big ending or the, the final hurrah. It's rather the, the takeoff. Uh, and this is where we hope to see more and more activities coming all around Europe and uh, increasing the, the messages that young people want to bring themselves. And I think this is the coolest thing with a, with a campaign, that we are fixed on not having a decided message already from the beginning, but we rather want to create these spaces for young people to bring their own messages in uh, and to bring their own agendas, which I think is super um, brave of an institution like the Council of Europe to do, because, you know, young people can come with, with brilliant and crazy and, uh, and cool ideas, but they can also be a bit challenging. So I hope to see some, some rebels also joining us and having some new, new fun takes on how we can increase youth participation in Europe. And uh, what about those young people who will not have the chance to come to this event, but they would like to join in, contribute, or just follow the event? Uh, what, what options do they have? What can they do? Where can they follow the event itself? We made a very bold decision in the preparation of this event, which was because we, we were, you know, coming out of COVID, after, uh, out of a quite strong wave COVID in, in, in the winter. And we said, we'll do this event, but we'll do it in person. And I think that's a very brave decision. We said, we'll not go for hybrid. We will not go for, we will not go for an online version for this, of this. We'll do a, an in-person event or we will not do an event. And we tend to stick by our decision in the preparatory group. So it is, but it, it doesn't mean that if you cannot make it to the event, because we know there are young people that cannot make it to, it, to the event. We had about 700 people who applied to be part of the event and we're only bringing in 450. So you can make the maths. Already we know of some who, who cannot come, quite many. First of all, they, of course, they, they, there will be a video about the event, there will be the social media reporting, so that is one way to, to follow what's happening in Strasbourg uh, as we go through Strasbourg. But I think um, more importantly, 
I think for these young people, their energy should really go into contacting their national contact points if they have one in the country and seeing with a national contact point how to follow up on the event, how to get engaged, how to set up activities at national level. And if there is not a national contact point in their country, that is not a problem because we've always had this option in the in the Council of Europe campaigns. If an organization really wants to do something or if there are young people that are motivated and they want to join the campaign and they want to do, to, do something, I mean, we'll have to see with them what and how um, they should also contact the campaign secretariat and we'll provide them with support and try to get them involved in the campaign. I was glad to hear just before that, Alice, you do have the experience of the EUID, so I will trust you and your team to actually know what was the issue with the EUID and <laughs> Ruxa actually brought up the, uh, the issue with the follow-up, which I'm actually glad you are taking that into account because that was a big issue in that point there too. And I think there's perfectly well for both let's say for both events or for both dialogues uh, and for every action to actually complement each other. And I think that's the point, essentially, mainly for the Council of Europe and the Council of Europe member states, people from Canada and people from uh, Tunisia. And the main question here, because, of course, the campaign is around democracy, but the main issue I am seeing a bit with people that we, when we're speaking about democracy is the definition of democracy. So do you think we can actually improve democracy, democracy in a whole by just inviting 450, 500 people to Strasbourg and have an event and have them do uh, activities that will get extrapolated, let's say, to the local realities? Or are there other things that need to be tackled and not just having a big event for lots of young people from all around Europe and even the world uh, to invite them to Strasbourg and have uh, an amazing week? What can be even added onto that, to, let's say, to reinforce democracy around the campaign? That's a really good question, uh, and it's a big one. And uh, I, I think that this campaign will in no way solve, you know, all the issues of the world, but I think it's a really important step on the way. And uh, I'm speaking as one of the 30 young people who are uh, experts to the Council of Europe, and we uh, are part of the structure in this institution, but we are also the youngest, and we're only 30. We meet a lot of people in our, our missions, and when we represent the Advisory Council, who don't have that perspective with them. So just to have this city be flooded with uh, youth activists who want to participate and join in uh, and to meet institutions halfway, I think is a huge step in the right direction. And then I also think it's important to, uh, to see, you know, other people be committed to the fight that you're fighting. I have myself been part of the youth movement since I was 12, 13, something like that. And I wouldn't have been still if I didn't meet other people who inspired me to continue. So I think this is really an event where we can increase youth participation in multiple different dimensions, but maybe it's not, uh, you know, the fix of everything. Uh, maybe this is just the one thing that we start with and then go on from there. Uh, but I do also think that what you're saying about democracy being very wide and multidimensional is one of the, the key challenges that we're facing right now. Because, I mean, for example, if you're looking at how young people choose to participate compared to how we measure uh, participation levels in, in citizens, those are two completely different things. And many young people choose to voice their concerns or express themselves in a way that institutions or government don't recognize as participation. Uh, and I think that discuss discussion is equally important to have as why are young people not joining institutions or not going to, you know, cast their vote in elections? Uh, that's equally concerning as young people actually trying to say something and uh, present the message and not being heard. So I hope that this campaign can bring that type of, you know, 
openness and, and willingness to uh, to investigate further because we all want the same things. Uh, we all want to see citizen participation. We want to see flourishing democracy in Europe, and we want a peaceful and inclusive continent uh, where everyone can live and be part actively in their citizens. Brooks, I maybe have another perspective on the the white question around democracy. <laughs> Yes, um, I'm not so different huh, necessarily, but I, I'm, I'm thinking democracy is about power, and it's about sharing power, and that sharing power is, is you know, it's, it's, it's sharing power or delegating power, depending how you want to see it, from both sides. And I think in the campaign, what we try to do is also share that power, and you know, it, it's sharing the power with young people to shape the, the public agenda is amplifying the voices that are not necessarily always heard, or we know that they find their way harder harder into mainstream society, amplifying those voices, amplifying those proposals. For me, this is what the campaign can do. I don't think any event, and for that matter, any campaign, will ever solve all the problems of democracy. That is too much to ask from an event of 450 young people and some politicians and some Council of Europe staff members and so on and so forth. But I think the slogan of the campaign is a good guidance because the campaign is called Democracy Here, Democracy Now. And I think it's, for me, it emphasizes this thing that democracy is built in every here in which we found ourselves and we assert both the power we access or exercise our rights or we claim our rights and we engage in dialogue with those uh, other peers that are here with us, if you so want. And that commitment to, to do that in everywhere or every here in Europe and in every moment, therefore now, I think is what will make democracy flourish. It sounds as a big commitment, but eventually I think it's the, if we believe in this system, then it, it's also on us as 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 people. I don't even want to use the word citizens because it's it's loaded with other significance. Hmm? It's, it's on us people to to make it functional. And I know there are a lot of structural issues. We have standards in the Council of Europe that are not fully respected. We can look at the different reports of different bodies from Venice Commission to, I don't know, to the court and so on. And then we, we can find all the flows. We can also see we have a wealth of standards developed that can guide member states. I think we also have to have that freedom of mind that if young people do not use a certain traditional, let's call them democratic uh, processes, such as voting, we have to see if there is the point to renovate, to, to reinvent those processes. I don't think we have to make that decision on a in an event, but I think we, we owe it to ourselves to see what we learn from different experiments, like the consultations on environment, like the, I don't know, Fridays for Future and so on. And I think we, we for me, that's the first step. Uh, and I think that's, that's what the campaign can bring. Thank you very much for both of you. As we are slowly coming to the end, I would just like to ask you, to think about one uh, suggestion or one advice what you would tell to young people who are coming uh, to the event. Because when by the time this uh, podcast will be published, we will be just one week away from the event itself. So what would be that one or two sentence what you would tell to young people who are maybe already packing their bags and ready to head to Strasbourg? 
I can start. I think the first thing I really uh, had in mind is come well rested because I think it's going to be a very intense week and uh, I think it's going to be uh, mixed with serious discussions and a lot of fun at the same time. So that's definitely one point. And then I would say equally to to come in with um, with a set mind. Uh, what do you want to do with this week? Because it is definitely your week. And to have this feeling that the Council of Europe is investing in this opportunity for us to, to have these exchanges and to have all these people gather together. Uh, so let's use this time uh, the most and, and get out of it what we can. So, I mean, for me, for example, the main mission for this action week is to get connected to as many initiatives as possible over Europe. Uh, so I will try to mingle with everyone uh, that I can see just to be able to figure out, you know, what is going on and what can we, if we follow up on in the future. And I think it could be as easy as that, to speak to as many people as possible, just to figure out what else is going on and to get inspired to do more. Yes, I, I can go on. I can recommend to pack light because I heard the partnership is sending a lot of materials to the, to the Action Week. And I can tell you they are very good materials that you should take home, some of them. Uh, and not only, we are also putting a lot of materials and I think back uh, light also in the sense of keep an, uh, come with an open mind, uh, come ready to meet uh, colleagues, peers and um, come ready to engage. So we shape this up together. I think this is, uh, this will be the first moment that we really finally are together and um, it will be interesting to see where we take it forward with a more sense of uh, community if you so want. And with those ending notes, we have reached an end to our episode. Thank you very much, Alice and Ruxa, for participating in this podcast, and to Marieta for co-hosting this episode with me. And to all the listeners, remember to follow us on Instagram at EUCOE Youth to stay up to date with all our future content. Thank you very much, and see you next time. <laughs>